It's the 120 podcast, and it may not be a Monday. It's the other off day. It's a Thursday. We haven't talked since the Cubs played the Brewers, but it has been awesome since then. After the Red Series, we had some good wins against the Rangers, some good wins against the Mariners. We're recording this Wednesday evening as the Cubs currently trail to the Mariners. It does not matter, Benjamin Hootie. I'm Mikey Finelli, by the way. We are riding high. This Cubs team feels different, and it felt like last night, You know, talking to you now, on Wednesday, like I said last night, the big comeback win, that was the moment that, you know, you look back at that and think, this is kind of where the magic starts. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to just put some things out. Obviously, sorry about Monday, guys. Uh, some stuff happened. Life happened. Had to move forward. But we had to get an episode out this week because of just how much fun this past week has been. Uh, so you're, you asked about Seattle. Sorry. I, I just completely, yeah. I mean, you're that's good. just, that's the flip. Uh, Nelson Velasquez hitting that home run. I don't think Wrigley field has been that electric in, I don't know how long it's, it's been, it, that video is so cool. And Twitter was so much fun last night. I mean, there's these guys that I follow on Twitter. Uh, I wish I could give them a shout out, but I, I, I don't know their exact usernames. Every night they have maybe about post game, they do Twitter spaces and they maybe about have like 10 to 15 people after every night. Last night they had 600 people in their spaces. If that just wants to sum up what last night was and then it carried into today, which I think we could lead off with that and you can you can go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, I mean, he's batting third or fourth usually in this lineup, but leading off today for the day for the Cubs was Ian Happ's extension. Three years, $61 million. It starts not even until 24. So this is on top of what he's already finishing. This is awesome. This is the deal that I was in the middle of a lecture today for Com Week here at Illinois State. I had te- I opened my phone. I had 10 texts from Ben. They did it. Holy cow. And I immediately knew what he meant. I knew what he meant. And then I looked at Twitter and I, you were right. It is Ian Happ continuing his legacy as a Chicago Cub after a huge win and literally minutes before the start of another game. And I can just only imagine how awesome that conversation was. I'm assuming in person with his agent and stuff like that in Wrigley Field. Whew. And it, I mean, you you saw Jed Hoyer yesterday in the booth during the beginning. He was showing how excited he was. Jed Hoyer truly wants this next great Cubs team. And I think that's what we're starting to see with some of these extensions. I mean, it was just my brother. T- I fell asleep. I went to class, fell asleep, and I wake up to my phone buzzing. And all I see is my brother text me, all capital others, HAP. And I'm like, huh? Michael Cerami broke the news, said it was getting done. Shout out him. He does so much work for Cubs fans. And He's awesome. yeah, I mean, three years, $61 million deal. You cannot ask for a better deal than that. I know some Cubs fans probably want to lock him up, lock him up long term. But if you really look at it, it's the perfect deal because of what we have in the farm system. And that's not even that you get to keep him around for the next four seasons to try and anchor that Cubs staff. You got Bellinger, an update for us? Bellinger 400 foot home run. Really? So now it's five to two. This is, this is something interesting that we haven't done yet. A live podcast. Well, not even live. We are recording live, but this won't air until tomorrow when people will already know what have happened with Wednesday's game, but now five two. Cody with a nice 395 foot shot uh, in the ninth. All right, let's get another we'll, comeback going, huh? We'll we'll do a it'll be the live comeback episode if uh if this works out. But anyway, like you're saying, they're doing the right thing. Horner and Hap and the and the Cubs crew are doing the right thing, getting these extensions in place, and they're pretty team friendly contracts all around. It seems like. Yes, it's it's perfect. Uh, 
what 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 is that about? What does that break down to about a year? Like eighteen million, eight dollars a year. Yes, yeah. Yes. And I think I was talking to you a couple of weeks ago. I was like, all right, where do you think the market's set now? Because I feel like Andrew Benintendi was the shift for those mid, not mid, but uh, mid uh, corner infielders yeah. that play good defense and hit really well. He got what? What did Benintendi get? Five years, seventy five. So Ian Happ's getting a little more annually. And Biggest contract in White Sox history. And the, for Ian Happ, you know, he gets he gets his payday, but he still gets to go prove himself for the next three years because he turns 31 once this deal is done. And who knows, maybe he is back with the Cubs, but he you, you get to keep him around for the next three years now. You have him locked in. You know it's coming. And he gets to anchor this next, hopefully, great Cubs team for the next three years. And who knows where we're at by then because you have all these outfield pieces in your minor league system. Cubs fell 5-2 to two just now. Hosmer grounded out to close out that one. Not before Cody Bellinger gets back into, into the swing of things with a nice home run. But uh, Cubs lose today 5-2, to two, avoid sweeping the Mariners, although we're still riding high after a great win last night. And I hate to just keep going against what Ben's talking about. He's doing great points about Hap. I just wanted to update it with how this game was going as we started recording. You know both of us. We're busy college students on a schedule. I guess we could have waited to record this till after today's game, but we're playing each other in co-ed softball tonight, yeah. too. So, yeah, we got two different teams. But so um, we, got, we got lots to do. I just – I didn't finish my point. I, you didn't even cut me off. I just blanked completely. Okay. Okay, great, Ben. Yeah, finish your point. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> the other thing that this happening does too is at the deadline or after the season, I keep bringing up these outfield prospects. Now that you have Hap in the fold for the next three years, you know, a couple of these prospects are a year or two away. I, I think PCA is pretty untouchable, but besides that, Brennan Davis, Canario, um, I know I'm missing Piango, those guys become pretty valuable trade ships if you want to go get a frontline starter or if you want to if a catcher becomes available in the next couple of years and they want to go back to getting an elite catcher those guys become valuable trade pieces and most you just keep the heart and soul of the Chicago Cubs he's he's the heartbeat he's been that guy for the last two years now he loves it here he loves the fans I mean just seeing the video of him going out to left field and then posting on the big board Ian, well, congratulations, Ian. Extension. It was so cool, and I, I wish it wasn't a midday game on a Wednesday because if it was last night, it was yeah packed last night. Those yeah. bleachers would have gone ballistic seeing that happen. It was just so cool they got it done at game time. I, I'm just I'm on cloud nine. I cannot believe they got two extensions done this off season after what felt like. The boogeyman, like we we talked about in the Nico Horner episode, the the biggest the the boogeyman of the Cubs was not getting an extension done, and they got two guys that truly care about winning and want to stay here for the long term under contract for the next three years. I think I want to go back, circle back to what you said about the tradable assets. I was thinking the exact same thing this morning, uh, and I think that's the bot. You mentioned it, but I think that is the main focus at this point. We have seen that this team can hit the big blue train. If you've been following along for the last like two weeks on Twitter, I don't shut up about it. The big blue train. And I'll explain what that means. But um, they hit. They get each other around the bases. But they still need. I would think the Cubs are a really good, decent starter away from really being considered. They, I think a frontline starter, whether or not they have to wait to the trade deadline, uh, based on what their record is then or earlier, I think, yeah, there's no... 
there's no coincidence why Jed decided to get the, the checkbook out for Ian Happ because he wants to make sure they have somebody making sure they are a veteran all-star in, out, in the outfield so they don't have to rely on prospects anymore because I love a lot of those guys, and I'm assuming PCA is safe, but a lot of those guys that you mentioned may very well end up playing for a team that's not the Cubs if it means this next great Cubs team in 2023 or 24 has the ability and the assets to go win. No, hundred percent. And there's so there's so many there's only so many outfield spots. And we now we know Ian Happ's in left field for three more years. Say Suzuki's in right field for three more years. And who's who do we plan on having in center? Hopefully after this season, it's Pico Armstrong. So there's not a lot of room for these guys to get uh at value at, valuable at bats in the big leagues going forward unless they end some uh, a big injury happens or they want to use one of those guys as a DH it gives you a lot of great roster flexibility and most of all I'm just happy to see that Jed truly does value what Ian Happ has brought to the table the last two years because it never felt like with the other guys that he I mean hit the scouting department did a really good job maybe not extending those guys because those contracts haven't aged very well we'll see what happens with Ian Happ so let's talk a little bit about this Rangers series you and I took a field trip for game two on Saturday if you didn't see it on Twitter we were vlogging we were having a great time we saw the Cubs beat the Rangers 10 to 2 and we the day before in a Stroman start was a 2-0 Cubs victory they fell in game three on Easter Sunday but a great series very similar to this Mariners series two great first games and you're not going to win everything on the last day. Right. To, to, to win series, to win two series in a row and in interleague matchups against two solid teams, I will take that every single time. But staying on the Rangers, this is a good chance for me to explain something that Ben was talking about last night to me on text. I want to explain what I mean when I say big blue train. I think it's time to explain, right, Ben? Let's go. Let's hear it. So Ben asked if I made that up. In full disclosure, I really don't know. Because... In like I want to say like twenty like sixteen or seventeen probably sixteen. Somebody on somewhere in the Chicago sports sphere, and if somebody knows, please tweet it at me. Somewhere in the Chicago sports sphere, some kind of radio person called them the Big Blue Train because meaning they're unstoppable. Like try and get in front of it, it's a Big Blue Train. Like that was the thought, but I'm using it in a totally different sense. It like an L train or a Metro. Like it's stopping at every base. These bats are only working because they're all stacked together. It's a bunch of train cars. The big blue train, Swanson's on base, Hap's on base, Horner's on base. All of a sudden, they're knocking each other around. They're winning 10-2. It, it, they're, they're coming back from an 8-0 deficit. It's ridiculous how much when they are all hot, when the bats are all hot, this team is so good at hitting each other in. They are so good at finding RBIs for a team that is one of the lowest in the National League in home runs, at least going into like yesterday, to be this good at scoring is not something we've seen in Cubs baseball in recent years. I love it. No, you're 100%. They're not always looking for the big hit to bring them out of uh, deficits. They hit as a team. They hit together. It starts with Nico Horner at the top. We talked about it in the early days of this podcast, how I was a little wary about Nico Horner at the leadoff spot. It has paid off so well. He is our first pure leadoff hitter since Dexter Fowler, and even Dexter Fowler, as much as it was Hugo Wego, he wasn't the best leadoff hitter in the world by any means. Nico Horner gets on base just about every time the first at-bat of the game. Then you pass it over to Dansby. Then you pass it over to, to uh, Ian. And hopefully by Friday, you're passing it over to Seiya Suzuki to give give you the big hit. 
Yes, I we don't we're not a big home run hitting team, but that's coming. Like Seiya Suzuki is on the way, and he just hit a home run in Iowa today. I I I I can't even put into words. You're 100 percent right. The big blue train doesn't stop. It's not. It doesn't. It's and it's not. It's not that it's unstoppable. It just doesn't stop moving. They're just rotating around the bases. And I love the picture of Seiya wearing the hard hat in South Bend today. He's having the time of his life. This Cubs team is having the time of their life. They are just fun, dude. They're just a fun baseball team. And it's so cool to see because I feel like the expectations were not highest from the the national level going into this year. But I feel like already people are kind of starting to talk about it. And I think the easiest way to get people to start talking about it, not to segue too far out of the Rangers, is this Mariners game last night. And if you're ready to talk about it, let's let's do it. Oh, yeah. I'm, we could start. You want to start with the first game? Yeah, let's go. Let's let, let we'll hold we'll hold the uh the big comeback. So let's you go you go tell me a little bit about the about the first game first. So on Monday, Cubs go and face a really good pitcher in Luis Castillo. It's it's you're you're kind of kind of going into the game. It was like oh, I don't know. Like Luis Castillo is a really good pitcher. Uh, the Mariners found their ace in him, and you got smiles on the mound. You got Drew Smiley. Really tough start against Cincinnati first time around. You're hoping for him to bounce back. And he is sure as hell did had a really good start, only gave up one and pitched five innings with seven strikeouts. That's all you can really ask for out of Drew Smiley is five innings with seven strikeouts and one earned run. Um, you know, Cubs got on the board in the fourth inning with Bellinger and Hosmer. So good to see that out of those two guys. They've been hitting pretty well to start the season. Hosmer specifically has been <laughs> really shocking me. I guess this band shifts helping him with his whole little ground ball fiasco he's got going on there. But then you get to the ninth inning, Michael Fulmer comes in. The bullpen was just electric on Monday. I'm pretty sure, let's see, who was pitching on Monday? Oh, yeah. So we it went Alzai, Leiter, Boxberger to Fulmer. Fulmer gives up a tough home run to Jared Kalanick, who Jared Kalanick was Barry Bonds this series to us. He had a home run in every single game. Tough one. Then we get to extra innings, and just Keegan Thompson comes in, gets into a little jam gets out of it. That's you're you're going to see that all year long from Keegan Thompson. If you guys don't know by now, if you don't see me on Twitter, go give me a follow because half the time I'm tweeting Keegan Thompson <laughs> appreciation post cuz he is just that guy, mayor of Chicago. Uh we get to extra innings or we get to the uh, bottom of the 10th, Keegan gets out of a jam, no damage done even with that runner on second and Nick Madrigal makes the play of his life, stealing a base, stealing a base uh just complete Matt Brash was pitching for the Mariners and just completely fooled him. Uh, I don't know if it was Madrigal's decision to run on that or if someone from the Cubs dugout saw something with the way that he was timing his pitches, but Madrigal just makes a heads up play. You get the, you get it over to Nico Horner delivers the huge walk-off hit. We're feeling good. And yeah, I mean, it was just a huge win to start the series, especially beating a great pitcher in Luis Castillo. And you thought that momentum was going to carry over to Tuesday, which it didn't at first, but it ended up. Yeah, at, I mean, so, the the bright lights stayed on from Monday night's walk off into Tuesday night. And I love uh, the talk about the lights. Where are you on those? I, I think they're pretty cool. I love them. Uh, I, yeah, I did too. they were talking today on the broadcast. Billy Williams goes to a ton of Cubs games and he was sitting in the box. And I think he was talking to Taylor McGregor or something. And he said, Dang, I wish that they I wish that they installed these lights a little earlier in my playing career or something <laughs> like that. And that and, means that the that means that the players appreciate it too, because it's funny because I, you know, 
I watched most of last night's game. I started watching it about the comebacks. I had, I announced the softball game last night for ISU and watching just simple little hits of the outfield. I had to keep like second guessing, doing little looks like, why is it so bright? Like it almost looks like if you squint your eyes, it almost looks bright as bright as a day game. Like it really is brighter and it definitely helps the players. Yeah. And I, they said something or I saw something on Twitter about how you've not only Cubs players, but opposing, uh, opposing players, players even said like Wrigley Field that night is one of the worst lit ballparks. Yeah. So. Yeah. And if they won a championship without these lights. So let's see what can happen now with a talented roster and bright lights. Um, but looking over Tuesday, obviously the Mariners go up eight, nothing. They had a great, a very solid game. They ended up scoring nine runs of their own. Ty France, two RBIs, Eugenio Suarez, three of his own. And then just a, a group of Mariners, Teoscar Hernandez, who had a great game today uh, with a home run and two more RBIs and a bunch of other stuff. But uh, former Cub Tommy LaStella even had a run of his own. So there's a, there was a great game there for the Mariners until the big blue train rolled into the station. So I'm just going to, I'm literally going to tell you down the order. Cause you know me, I love my RBIs. I'm going to do a little bit of a different recap than you did. I'm not even going to go anybody. I'm just going to tell you. Nico, two hits, three runs, two RBIs. Dansby, two RBIs, one run, four hits. Nikki, two strikes, an RBI of his own and a hit. Hap, a hit. Mancini, three RBIs. Bellinger, two hits. Wisdom, two walks and a run. I mean, everyone is getting on base. I love it. Velasquez, four on a, on a grand slam. Gomes had some of his own. Hosmer did. Everyone had some kind of contribution. And that's what happens in a 14-run game. And that's what's so cool to see. And I, it's it's hard to say that, you know, not one play affected a game in which a grand slam was really the difference maker. But it really wasn't just that. In a, in a game where Hayden Wisniewski only went an inning and a third and gave up a bunch of walks. And, you know, we love Hayden Wisniewski. You're naturally going to have that in, in a young pitcher. But to see this offense back him up the way they did and they get on base like that was so awesome. And my dad, when we were texting during the game, was like, okay, after they made the comeback, he was like, they have to win this game now. And I'm like, exactly. Like, they can't, like, you can't do all that and lose. And they had all the confidence in the world. They kept and, scoring after that, and it, they won. And they did. And they they, com- they they just took the game completely out of the Mariners' hands. I know they put up, I think they put up two more runs after that. But after that grand slam, it really just felt like the Cubs were blowing them out at that point because, as we say, the big blue train moves those guys around. Every inning, it felt like they were scoring a run, whether it was Nico Horner leading off the inning and then Nick Magical driving them in. Whatever it may be, they were moving them around. And let me just say this. I put I posted it on Twitter last night, but you cannot give much more like respect to Nelson Velasquez than like coming up from the minor leagues, you know, he got demoted to start the year. He was on the big league roster for much of much of last season and coming up big with what do you have? Three hits. Yeah. Three, he had three, three. Yeah. Three hits, three runs, four ribbies. He got on base via a walk as well. And he has the biggest hit of the season under his belt right now. And it just shows you the depth that this organization has. It might not be the sexiest names, but they can call amongst multiple guys from AAA, say, hey, we need you for a couple of days. Come on up. And they're just going to come up and try and contribute as much as they can to try and prove to that prove to the organization that they can stay on this roster for the rest of the season. I I just don't even know what to say with this team. I mean, it's so hard to not sound like just like a, a Homer fan talking about this game and, you know, a walk off win and then this game. But they have just given us no reason to be super upset yet. I mean, yeah, you you lose today. That's a little tough. But, like, all things totally considered, maybe it helps that we were there on Saturday, Ben, but I've bought back in to this Cubs team. Not that I ever really left, but I am fully bought back in. 
it's still early and there's definitely some things that can that can be fixed from turning into from making you a good team into a great team like like Wesneski and Tyone could definitely you know if they can start to improve a little bit but it's only two starts and the way that the hitting's been I mean they lead the league the lead the league in batting average I I don't really see that coming to an end anytime soon no and that's that's the biggest key, right? It doesn't matter how many home runs you hit. doesn't matter, you know, how many flashy wins you have. If you can get on base and you can, you know, hit for success, like you said, with the high batting average, you're going to win games. And that's what I texted you last night, that this team just knows how to win games. And I, it's just not something we've seen in a while. It just like, it seemed like when they'd fall behind last year, that was it. They'd either get up big and win or they'd fall behind and that was it. But when you can make a comeback, when you can win games, you can stay in games as they've done multiple times so far this year. I also think it's kind of funny that um, they're doing exactly what we said would happen in one of our earlier episodes. We said something like the pitching staff is so young that it could be an issue, but the bats are so hot that it won't matter. And I think the over is hit in Cubs games. I want to say like six or seven times already because, you know, the cup, you know, the other team might score six, but the Cubs score seven. And, and that is, that has been the case so far. That's not a good problem to have. It's putting a bandaid on a, on a bigger issue, but for now they're winning games. Right. And that is without say a Suzuki, who is your clear front runner for your, your, your most RB, the guy that's going to drive in the most runs. Cause he's going to be cl- hitting that cleanup hole every single day. Yeah. I think we got to talk at least one time um, before we go about Dansby for a little bit. Um, Dansby Swanson left the game pretty uncharacteristically in the fifth inning yesterday. If you didn't see any of you listeners, he took himself out basically. And then kind of just said afterwards, almost, I hate to say to the delight of Cubs fans, because I feel bad for the guy, but delight that at least it's not an injury that he was just exhausted. And to hear that from, from Dansby, obviously, in surgery with Mallory all day long. Best wishes to her. Heard it was a success, successful surgery. That's awesome. Um, for Dansby Swanson to say that, that is huge. Because this is a guy who, like, begs Dan- or David Ross to let him play 162 like he did in, in Atlanta. And Ross said no. But if he could play every game he, wa- he wants to. And to see him take himself out means that he really must be mentally not all there. Which... I mean, he's hitting 400 through through 10 games. So he obviously, it's not like an effect to his uh, play style, but he is pretty tired. Right. And we, even when we were at the game on Saturday, we were sitting there and we saw the news and we were like, oh, maybe does he take himself out of this game? Like, do you think he's affected right now? And clearly on Saturday, he was playing with the chip on his shoulder after it happened. And, and, we, and- me and you talked about this after the fact that we, I read, I ended up reading the story that he knew about that before the game even started. They yeah. were actually watching the game in the locker room together. And so for him to go out there and have that three hit performance, he did, including a really awesome uh, run. Then um, the, I, I'm just pretty speechless. If you can't tell a like, guy I'm losing my words here because he just is the heart and soul man right. of, of his relationship with his wife, his new wife of his, you know, of the Chicago Cubs. He just, that guy is just a great guy, and it seems like it. I mean, I don't know him personally, obviously, but from everything I've gotten for 10 games of Dansby Swanson so far, I love this dude. 100%. And it, obviously, it's tough having him not in the lineup today, but you got to give him you got to give him the day off, especially considering what happened to his wife. It's a, it's a very it's a tragic injury considering they're both athletes and they're both top-tier athletes at that. So, 
you got to give him the day off. He clearly wasn't in the right headspace probably the last day and a half seeing, you know, sitting there with Mallory as she went through her surgery and whatnot. So, you know, I think, I think he'll be back in the lineup for LA this weekend, but you know, you got You got to give them, you got to give the guy, you got to give the guy a break. Yeah. He'll join the Cubs in the road trip. And um, I don't know what Mallory's schedule becomes. Obviously she won't be playing in the, in the world cup this summer anymore, which is tragic. I feel terrible for her. I don't know if that means she'll get to travel with Dansby, if she'll still travel with the women's national team. Um, but yeah, I can't even imagine how tough it is to go through for him to even be playing as well as he is during this is incredible in and of itself. So shout out to to the Swansons and uh, their family and hope that everything turns out okay there. I saw that Mallory won't get to probably play until October. So just after the World Cup. So that's that's pretty sad. Yeah. But on a higher note, since the last time we recorded two big series wins against yep. two great teams. Texas has a great lineup, good pitching staff. Seattle has a great lineup, good pitching staff. Two teams out west getting two big interleague wins. I mean, you looked at we we looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year and these are two series we thought you know, it might be tough for the Cubs to overcome, but taking yeah. four out of six out of those games is just huge and now we get to go on we get to go west coast and and Ben like we talked about when we were together on Saturday, we will have extensive knowledge by the time we record another episode, maybe in two weeks or so. Well, we'll record an episode next week too, but by this time, two weeks from now, we will have great knowledge of this Western road trip because it is all nighttime games after class games. That's what I like to see. You got the Dodgers at nine o'clock on Friday, the Dodgers at eight o'clock on Saturday and the Dodgers at three o'clock on Sunday. Then they go face Oakland. That's an eight forty, eight forty, and then a two thirty. Um, and then they're back in Wrigley for next Thursday, but two West coast adventures out there. And yeah, I mean, obviously the Dodgers are one of those teams that'll always be a force to be reckoned with in the national league, but um, I'm not going to completely drag Oakland through the mud, but that's a, that's an option for your first sweep is what I'm going to say right there too. Hopefully. I mean, I think we'll have, we're talking so highly right now because they look very good. But I think by the time we're recording from a week from now or two weeks from now, we'll truly have a great idea of where this Cubs team is headed for the rest of the season. Because obviously we're on cloud cloud nine right now. It's been 11 games. This is, this is, what do they say? This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. This is a marathon. Yeah. For your first real road trip to be playing against a, a world series competitor and then a bottom league, bottom of the league team, it'll be, It'll show a lot to see how they do in the next six games and what we come back to Chicago with record wise. And yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much all I had been. I hate to, to end kind of roughly. I don't think we have a random cub. I want to start that segment soon though. I do have a random cub. Cause I saw it on oh, random do? cub. Oh, well I didn't do any research on it, but I'll just okay, say okay. Brandon Kin Brandon Kinsler. Oh, nice. Yeah. After he went to the nationals after the Cubs, right? I think he started with the nationals. Did, I thought he went back. Cubs. Was he, he one went of the to- ones that- he went to yeah, Florida. Know. He went to Miami after, I think. I don't know okay. what I don't know what he's up to now. He might be retired by now. Let's hold on. You you share something about your life for the Cubs, and I'm gonna look up Brandon Kinsler. Gosh, I just love the Chicago Cubs so much. They make me feel <laughs> so good about myself. Um 2015, <laughs> are we back? Is this 2015? I mean, I'm feeling this, it. I'm like Dom, I don't know like about Dom you. Saint 2012. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 15. I mean, come on now. Supposedly, Brandon Kinsler played 29 games in 2021 for the Phillies. 
The Phillies, huh? Supposedly. So I, I don't think he played in the major leagues last year. He might have unceremoniously retired with the Phillies. And you're totally right. He was in Washington pre Cubs. I was right about or I was wrong about that. I just remember him with the Nationals. Then he was with the Cubs, 18 and 19. Then he went to Miami for the COVID year, in which he played 24 games, and then Philly for 2021, in which he played 29 games. Interesting. So, so I think what we're going to start doing is um, for all the listeners is we're going to start actually like prepping a random cup at the end of the episode, one of us, and then like going into detail as much as we can and like what they're doing now and like what their like business person job is now and stuff like that. Um, I randomly thought of uh, David DeJesus earlier today, too. I wonder what he's up to. He was with NBC Sports for a little bit that was when, he? We, when we were still there. Oh yeah, you're totally right. Because remember, he used to do the, he used to do the fist bump thing with David Kaplan. Yeah. Yep, I remember that. It was like the I, last season of the Cubs on on NBC Sports Chicago, and they used to do that fist bump thing with those like Hulk hands. I remember that after the Cubs would win. Yep, that's probably why I thought of him because his name was somewhat more relevant than you know like 2014. Oh, okay. One last thing before we wrap up this episode, we don't know what the status of um, this week's episode is going to be. I will be in um, Las Vegas for WZND. At Illinois State, accepting the BA, BEA Signature Station Award. Sorry, it's a it's a mouthy thing to say. So we might have a solo band episode. We might have a guest host. We might have a remote broadcast from Las Vegas, where I'm putting my all my bank account and the Cubs win the NL Central. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> that it's good that we got this midweek episode out just in case next week's episode is <laughs> trash. But, you know, maybe I'll just come on uh, next Monday by myself and just be like, yeah, you know, the Cubs won two out of three this weekend against the Dodgers. <laughs> that that was the 120 podcast. <laughs> I hope so. I hope we get two out of three of the Dodgers. But I hope Freddie Freeman gets a couple hits, at least for my fantasy team, where I'm doing terrible. How are you doing in fantasy right now? One league, I am yeah. doing pretty solid. The other league, I got absolutely stomped on. But this week has been a, a really good start for me, and hopefully that continues to be the case. Which which league was the one that we're in together, like the radio one? The 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 one that I'm doing trash in is the radio one. I'm doing bad in that one and my other one. The one that I like run as a commissioner, I'm doing atrocious. I had a bad draft in that one. I had a bad draft in the radio one, too, because remember I auto-drafted Garrett Cole because I was in the shower? Yeah. And then... And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to build the staff. And I went Max Scherzer and um, Verlander second and third round because it was a 10-man league. And uh, that's not working out for Mikey right now. It's not. But that is going to wrap up this edition of the 120 podcast. We did our Cubs talk. We did some Mariners, some Rangers. We're on cloud nine with the Cubs. You got a random little conversation at the end. I hope people enjoy when we always have our little talks at the ends. Some fun banter. I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah, Yeah, some some quick banter. Some mild banter, I would say. But most of all, Ian Happ is staying yes. with the Chicago Cubs for the foreseeable future, and I don't think we could be more happy about it. So to end the episode, this is a 120 technically. We I remember how I said that emergency pods are called 705s. What is what is like this then? If it's like we were planning on recording this afternoon anyway, but then we also did a little early because Ian Happ. We called it like a 310. This is like our 305, like how we got yeah. thrown off on Saturday when we went to a 305 game for the 120 podcast. <laughs> the field trip was the field trip was in motion. No beer bats were bought, at least. I am proud of us on that one. No need to spend $30 as cool as they are. The girl next to us got one, and you can't even get it refilled, she said. So that was all I needed to hear. 
<laughs> that's uh, that's it for this edition. Ben got his Coke. I got a hot dog. Go Cubs. Go Cubs. <laughs>